Welcome to Ismanias a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with the biggest weenie I know, Josh Hemo. Definitely going to take that as a compliment, if you know what I mean. You're disgusting. Wow. <laughs> and also with us in this room today is our special guest who loves frozen cow juice, Domino Manheim. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, for those of you who haven't heard our podcast, which Dom actually hasn't heard our podcast, this is going to be kind of fun. Not on Spotify. Yet. It's it's going on spotify soon hopefully <laughs> by the time you hear this it will be on spotify fingers crossed and dom's first episode will be the one that she's in which i'm sure is probably going to be uh, wonderful an, uh, an experience oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. wonderful <laughs> is good um so this is our podcast where we talk about spongebob and we discuss little lessons that we learn and like reminisce have like nostalgia and you know think of the good old days when we didn't have to pay bills and stuff um uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, before we get started, Dom, I want to know, what's your like Spongebob experience? Have you watched Spongebob before? Are you a Spongebob fan? Growing up, I watched Spongebob religiously, uh, and then I hit high school, and that slowly stopped. So I, I don't think I've seen Spongebob close to like a decade. Was it peer pressure? Is that what it was? I don't know. All your friends weren't watching Spongebob anymore? <laughs> no. I think uh, it was losing cable. Like Netflix and like streaming happened. You guys were early adopters. Yeah, we were. We we started Netflix when it was like a you mail it in or the DVD. The DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. Well, <laughs> now I watch SpongeBob on Prime, so I guess that is. I'm I'm part of the problem now. Yeah. Oh, well, or the solution? <laughs> I don't know. Amazon's a corporation. It sucks. Either way, <laughs> uh, we're watching season three, episode eight. No weenies allowed, and Squilliam returns. Act one, no weenies allowed. So in this act, we have Sandy and SpongeBob, and they're on the beach, and SpongeBob decides to do a quick change in this changing booth. Turns out he actually brought his karate gear, and he starts a karate fight with Sandy on the beach. Sandy kicks him around, and they end up finding the salty spittoon, the toughest place in Bikini Bottom. And of course, Sandy walks right in, proving that she's tough enough to enter the salty spittoon, and SpongeBob spends the rest of the episode trying to get in, and then he gets in slips and falls on an ice cube. So to start things off, I will start with our guest, our esteemed guest. Um, esteemed. I want, <laughs> I want to know what you would say to get into the salty spittoon. Like, oh. How would you prove that you're tough enough to My be in the salty I feel like I would fall along the lines of SpongeBob and try something really like simple, like a normal house chore kind of thing. Like the ketchup bottle? Like the ketchup bottle and just fail utterly. You're, you're not like... I don't think I'd be tough enough to get in. Yeah. I don't like eating nails for breakfast. I mean, if you... Do you think he would have <laughs> let him in if he had opened the ketchup bottle? I was wondering that. I don't know if they... I think... Well, I think the guy was entertaining the idea, so maybe he would have. I think if he would have done it the first try and not struggled... <laughs> I feel like if okay. he would have gone on the first try, they would have moved on to, like, mustard and jelly. So in this apartment, who opens up, like, the pickle jars and stuff? Because not a lot of people have ketchup bottles. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I would try doing, like, little love taps on the counter. I, I mean, I guess it's whoever You guys buys use them. the cheats. <laughs> running under hot... Does that actually work? Running under a jar under hot water, does that actually do anything? I, I don't know. I the only time that. that I've actually seen someone really try that, it was to prove a point, because I was jokingly like, oh, yeah, me, the big, strong man will do it, because I knew it would just bug that person. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, she was putting it under hot water and ended up couldn't do it anyways. I think it's just like a matter of gripping strength. I don't I think, think it's an actual... Yeah, I definitely think that I've seen the best trick for that I've seen is using like a mouse pad 
because the oh. scrippiness actually works really well. I haven't had to do that with any jars here. Maybe the jars in New York are weaker. weaker. Jars. Yeah. Maybe we're just oh, stronger here in the city. <laughs> East Coast jars aren't as strong. What about you, Josh? What's your uh, your tough guy thing to get into? Oh, that's a good question. I don't really think about that. Um, I don't know. What would you do? What would I? Oh, you're putting me. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Josh. I can't think of my own thing, so I'm gonna put Omar. So on I can spot. copy it exactly. Classic. <laughs> and get at that. Um, I don't know because I'm very conflicting. Like I can be like, I went to a concert and I stand for like 40 hours and I moshed all the time, and I would say like something like that. I'm a but good standard. I, I'm also like, like standing for like 10 seconds and my ankle hurts now. So I don't know. That's I, fair. I, I can't. I don't think I can really say much tough things because I have a high so, pain tolerance. In certain things i guess what i could say is like i do have i've gotten like two tattoos and we had i did see like most of the people in line for the salty spittoon did have tattoos so that's a question is like is having a tattoo a measure of toughness definitely not you don't think so <laughs> no <laughs> well i one i think placement tattoo placement so like if you're getting like a tattoo on like your eyeball definitely that, yeah i would i would be like yo you're tough or like maybe your scrotum I would say you're dumb, but also tough. <laughs> and that's one thing that I did notice is when Sandy rips off his tattoo and flips it around so it says, wow. Uh, he, she was like, do you have any more tattoos? And he covered his crotch. So I was thinking that he had a, oh, has I didn't a catch crotch that. tattoo. Because he goes like, he like covers himself like this. And I don't think it was to cover uh, the tattoo again. I think it was to cover up. Uh, maybe he had a taint tattoo or something. Good for him. Saucy. But I don't know. I don't think tattoos prove your you're strong because I know a lot of not very strong people with tattoos. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Joshima. Wow. <laughs> I'm called out. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so, Dom, how did you feel rewatching this episode? I'm sure it's been a while since you watched SpongeBob. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, the things that I remembered from like when I was a kid watching it, like there were those like really, really small exaggerated moments, like when Patrick freaked out after mm-hmm. being called Tubby or whatever. Like, I totally remember that from when I was like 10. Do you remember the imaginary fight he has with himself? Yeah, yeah, I remember that whole bit, but I didn't remember most of the episode. So it is interesting the uh, like the minor things, or like maybe the, the minor things, small quotable things. Yeah, that, that like I remembered versus like the actual substance in the episode. What's your like favorite thing that you caught watching this episode? Uh, in the very very beginning, when when SpongeBob and Sandy are still doing karate on the beach. At some point, SpongeBob gets beat into two bowls of potato salad. You're just like, why <laughs> did it take three days for that family to make potato <laughs> salad? And how in the world did he end up landing perfectly in um, in their food? Obviously, because <laughs> he's got karate skills. Yeah. So I have a question about that potato salad. So I'm assuming both of you watch Rocket Power, right? Also yes. classic Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. And there's the whole bit with you got sanded potato salad. And I feel like Nickelodeon does this a lot where they reference other cartoon jokes in other cartoons. Yeah. Do you think that's part of that? I think animators do that a lot. Like similar networks, I feel like do that a lot. Like a lot of the cartoons, like Adult Swim, like it's not all the same animators, but they all kind of reference each other in some way. So I definitely see that. Um, I have a question for you, Dom. Yeah. If the weenie sensor was to scan you, what percentage ah. of weenie would you say that you are? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. No, oh, that's for a number. When the other <laughs> weenies are talking about their, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the other weenies are talking about, like, their, their card decks that they collected or whatever, 
Yeah. Like, oh, that sounds a lot like my Magic the Gathering. <laughs> do you still play Magic the Gathering? Yeah. Uh, do you like play uh, here in the city? You play against people? I found one person that still plays. And you just have one-on-ones with yep. them? Who wins? <laughs> oh, usually he does. I'm awful. I'm pretty bad. <laughs> do you think it's more the deck or the For player? Sure. Oh, no, the deck. So he's Because when rich. I play with his deck, it's like a little bit... He's just richer than you, though. He has theme decks, right? Yeah, he has like... Uh, like five or six different, like very themed specific decks. So, so what percentage of weenie do you think that makes you? A hundred? No, like four. I'm really cool. Four percent. Four percent weenie. Ninety six percent tough slash cool. Oh, it's the peer pressure talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that uh we pressured you into thinking that you're cool. <laughs> Somebody's got it. It's the proximity effect. Just yeah. just talking about magic. I'm four percent weenie. <laughs> what about you, Josh? How about percentage? I don't know. Uh, I'd probably say it's like definitely say maybe fifty percent weenie. Like yeah, a, you flip of a coin. We do. One day you're weenie. One day you do. Do like a SpongeBob podcast. I play D and don't know. Like addicted to mobile games. So I guess here's the question: What makes a weenie? I guess that yeah, that is a good question. Because mm. are we doing just basically nerdy? Sh I know people who are really strong who do nerdy. But I guess that was never in question, right? I guess they just assumed that the weenies at Weenie Hut Junior were nerds, right? Because they they look like nerds, and they were talking about like collections and stuff. So I don't know. What do you think defines a weenie? I, don't know. I think I guess it's how you define it's how you define the toughness, like. I would consider like you're a weenie if you're not like physically tough or like emotionally tough. Not like what you do because like for example, we had Jose on the podcast. Jose like goes to the gym like all the time. He's very strong in general, but he's also a big weenie if by this definition cuz he really likes Marvel and he plays D&D with us. So but he's stronger than all of us. I'm sure he could beat us all up. So then is the question really is being a weenie a bad thing, like, in the end, right? I guess that's the bigger lesson from this episode, is really, like, Spongebob trying so hard to not, like, be a weenie and be tough with Sandy. Was, like, was, was it worth it in the end, do you think? I mean, my small lesson was definitely that, like, toughness is subjective, because, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I know some really strong people that you, you know, talk to them, and they're little babies about it, you know? And I know some people who, you know, can't, even do a pull-up uh, like me but you know you say some really mean things to them they can just let it wash off their back you know so which one are you dom i don't know now you guys got me thinking i kind of got a different drift from this episode oh what'd you get i felt uh like spongebob was trying really hard to fit into this tough group even though he like low-key understood he was a weenie mm -hmm. uh you think it was more the like allure that he wanted to be in the salty spittoon? Yeah, like and kind like. of just like what friends he thought he deserved versus um, what he had in front of him. I'm glad he brought a uh, friendship up because Sandy just abandons him, which is real fucked up, in my opinion. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of like any other like club. And I remember one time when we were fresh in New York. I think everyone who comes to New York, they find one of those apps. They're like things to do in New York. It's like Meetup or whatever. Right. Um, some kind of Groupon esque type thing and we went to like this nightclub that's supposed to have people and like you're supposed to be exclusive if you had this app which is bullshit but we went and it was like me fatima and a couple of other people 
And there's this one guy who had a shirt. Like, I'm talking a like, nice shirt, but it had holes in it. Because that was, like, the style of the shirt. It had little, like, holes, which, like, now you would see, like, Kanye West wearing it. But everyone else who I, I was definitely dressed like trash. Like, I was just wearing, like, my normal straight man outfit. And they were like, oh, no, he can't come in because he has holes in his shirt. And instead of us being like, all right, fuck you, bye, and then leaving him, you know, we were like, fine, we'll go to a different club, even though this one probably is the rooftop bar and overly packed and overpriced in New York, you know? But if they would have done that, we wouldn't have learned anything from the episode. Oh, I guess. But still, (laughs) Sandy could have been out there, like, helping him prove. Or she could have gone and they could have gone hung out somewhere else. Or snuck him in. That's another episode right there, like, sneak him right in the back door or something. Yeah. And then we get to see what's actually inside the salty spittoon. Mm-hmm. So what if it's like really nice in there? What if it's like just a bunch of really tough people sharing their feelings or something? Yeah. <laughs> Breaking down toxic masculinity slowly. Yeah. Maybe that that would be a really good idea for a bar that we have like a really, you have to prove how tough you are. But when you go in there, it's actually just a way to con men into talking about their feelings. It's just group therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was one lesson I had was don't leave your friends. And I also you touched on it, Josh, was there's nothing wrong with being a weenie. I don't think there is anything. But one thing that was I was curious about is um what do you think the difference is between Weenie Hut Juniors and Super Weenie Hut Juniors? That's They're specials. Question. They're specials. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely the specials. And I don't know who makes those specials because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the days of the week crap that was happening is a little wild. I would have gone to Mega Weenie Monday. Maybe not Monster Weenie Monday, because that kind of scares me. (laughs) Uh, But Mega Weenie Monday sounds like... You're not a size queen. Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) Monster Mega, I don't know what the difference is between there. I'll Google that later. Um, I probably like... There's probably like a ball pit. It's like going to like... (laughs) The difference between like Chuck E. Cheese and and like... McDonald's, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a very solid... uh, Yeah. Comparison. But uh, what about you, Dom? Do you want... what? If you had to pick between Super Weenie Hut Juniors or Weenie Hut Juniors, where would you go? I would want to... Where would you take your magic deck and I, uh, play? I would probably just go to Weenie Hut Juniors because Super Weenie Hut Juniors sounds like they would only have small weenies available. Got it. And I prefer you are the self. average to large <laughs> weenies. Are we... Are we? Did we change the definition of weenie? I guess I so. We were talking I guess about no. mid- midway through, we just the changes. weenies inside Super Weenie Hut Juniors had hot dogs. They zoom in on the hot dogs and you're like, okay, so it's a hot dog place with some soda pop and ice cream. Okay, now I have a question because you brought up the weenies and we've been talking about penis illusions right now. Uh, or no, phallic things. We've been talking a lot about phallic. <laughs> Do you think this is like a weird metaphor for like a gay bar? Huh. Oh. Like, is Weenie Hut Jr. supposed to be, like, a pseudo-gay bar? Like, I think, oh, you can't go to the straight bar. I'm sure it's... you could have made an argument for that, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I didn't catch that, but I guess so. It's just a lot of the penis on the mind. Yeah. But I, 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 I could see an argument for it, but I, I wouldn't stretch and say that it, it, it is. was. It so, was. Yeah. It's hard to believe that was their immediate intention. Mm-hmm. I know, it was a very to be uh, fair, homophobic time. most of the time. characters aren't female anyway. Like Sandy was the only female in that entire episode. It's true. So I have a question for both of you. Um, do you think that SpongeBob is related to that other guy who looked like him and who had the cool hair? Greaser SpongeBob. That's Greaser what, SpongeBob. That's how I think about him. The Drifter. <laughs> Drifter. Related? I don't think so. 
I feel like throughout SpongeBob, like this series, there are all different kinds of SpongeBobs, if that makes sense. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. I remember there were episodes where there were like different kinds of SpongeBobs. Oh, so you, you, like, we've Mm -hmm. talked about this before. This is nice that you've naturally come, like, you've naturally come to this because Josh and I have talked about that. We think that SpongeBob is kind of like, it's like a mantle. Yeah, like an avatar situation where he's like reborn like every couple of years. And I was thinking that maybe that's like one SpongeBob from a from that a different timeline, or like maybe mm-hmm. a tougher SpongeBob. I just think it's interesting because, as far as I remember, it's like we don't really see, we see different or SpongeBob like different versions of himself like throughout time and stuff. But I don't know if we've ever seen someone who looks exactly like SpongeBob, like in the same place as him. Yeah. Right? Huh. Yeah. And he doesn't even blink at the idea of the other SpongeBob. No, he passes right by. Yeah. But I, I wonder what that SpongeBob did when he got in there. Maybe he's the one that dropped the ice cube. That jerk. Are you ready for the bubble break? Oh, yeah. Dom, we're <laughs> super ready for the bubble break. Let's do this. But before we jump in, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, this stranger that's now on the podcast? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I met Josh and Omar at University of Arizona where we all went to school. And uh, they ignored me royally because I was a big weenie. But somehow, <laughs> some way, I wedged myself into their lives and made it onto their podcast. Um, now Josh and I are roommates, and Omar lives like down the street, basically. Stop telling everyone where I live. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. What's up? Uh, if um, if you were to plan a fake fight with your friend, would you be the person to get beat up or the person beating them up? Hmm. I think I would do the per. It depends on the who. Who's it depends the on the friend. Yeah. yeah. Like, what if you guys believe? were fighting each other? Oh, mm. you can beat me up. Nah, Josh now taking one for the team. Now, yeah. now I want to be beat <laughs> up because now I think it's some weird fetish thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I guess if what scenario? Yeah. Like would would this be needed for? Would, like, is this to get into the salty spittoon? Is this to impress someone? Let's have it. Let's have it be for the salty spittoon. You want to get into a club really badly, and they're like, "Well, have you ever been in a fight? How tough are you?" I wouldn't mind being either. I think, I think I would have more fun being the the person kicking. Because then what I would do is I'd be like beating up Josh, but then I'd beat him up into the salty spittoon, and then we'd all go inside. You just like wow. travel right in. You know, it's like a little secret. Clever. Um, I don't know if, who would win in a fight though. You know what I'm saying? Because. I feel like well, okay. with other friends, you have to like try to like make it believable. Like, oh, like if I was fighting someone who was like twice my size, odds are probably not going to win. So I would never pretend like I beat up that person. You know, that's fair. That's fair. And I think too many people just know me that I'm kind of a weenie. So. <laughs> you like you're going in the Hulk mode. You just like click and then you become a fighter that way. Uh, maybe. I, I, I could Has see it ever happened. happened? Just blacked out. Uh, I mean, there's definitely been a couple times where I've almost see. I've been very lucky that I've almost been on a lot of fights, but never actually been in one, which is like bad because now I can't like I don't know how strong I am. Because like I had a friend who had a boxer in town, like a a friend of a friend who was a boxer, and I was like, I should just go box that person just to see what it's like to get hit at like full speed, but in a safe environment. <laughs> should you like take jujitsu or something? Uh, if you pay for it, Josh, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Josh, also pay money. for me. Nope, zero percent. <laughs> okay, because uh, I kind of sort of brought it up. Who do you think would win in a fight in this room? Oh, me for sure. Why? I'm really strong. 
and my confidence is overwhelming. So those are two things that are very, very actually important. And a yeah. lot of boxers I know are like that. By all the boxers I know, I mean zero. All the ones <laughs> I've watched on TV, they're all very confident. Yeah, they have to have a confident persona or else you're going to get like basically fun. I had, I had a bunch of cousins who like did wrestling and stuff and that was a big part of it. That's one thing that I never like experienced when I was a kid. Did you like go through like a wrestling phase? Yeah, I got three brothers. Oh, so did you do like, well, I mean, I've wrestled like with my brother, but never like, I was never into like WWE or anything. Were you into that? I mean, like I took some classes, but I never. Wrestling I classes? I, yeah. Like kickboxing? We, I did Muay Thai. <laughs> you did Muay Thai? Yeah. Man, maybe Dom would kick our ass. I don't know. <laughs> What's your pain tolerance? I, I feel like, like, okay, so when I got my tattoo, I didn't, oh, like, cry or anything. Man. Like, I got all, like, well, it's supposed to be, like, the p- most painful thing ever. But I think because my expectations for pain were so high, I didn't feel it as much. Um, But then if someone, like, hits me in the same place. Do you still remember pain. your Muay Thai, Muay Thai stuff? <laughs> kind of, I guess. It's been a while. It was, like, Junior like, year of college. Fatima used to do like karate, and <laughs> but I don't think she remembers it. Fair enough. That's I, useless. There's definitely a couple times where like I poke her and she's like, ow, that hurt. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think a karate master would <laughs> would feel like that. Did you say she's a karate master for sure? I supposedly she used to be a black belt, but you know, I don't know what the the, the tolerance Dimension level factor. or like. <laughs> for a while. I don't know. That's another thing. Like you see kids are like, oh, this kid's a black belt. And I was like, does that mean they just did all the forms right? Yeah. Or does that mean they're actually like a master? No, they can snap wood with their head. I mean, they got to compete, right? I mean, they can do the forms right, but you got to compete. When I was in karate for like, however, like a month or two, they were like, you had to actually go to competitions and stuff. Mm. So. Because like, I don't know. That's one thing about fights that I don't have an experience or don't really understand yet is like, there's so much, there's so many factors of like, how hard can this person get hit before they give up? And then also like, how hard is this other person hitting? And then also just like any little thing that could also happen. Like you trip on something or someone throws dirt in your eyes, you know, like they show in like <laughs> cartoons and TV shows. Dirty or, like, play. Yeah. You know, cause, or like, I think of like a bar, like what if there's a big dude in the bar, but then I just sucker punch him and then he's out just because I happen to hit him in the right spot. Or hit him over the head with a bottle or something. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean that he's stronger than me or they're stronger than me. You know? Yeah, I guess there's, there's a lot of factors, right? Because it's like, even with some, like a smaller person, they can still beat someone up like if they're faster and so able is it to get about a good grip on them. Or is it about like your smarts? I think it's no, about keeping your head level. <laughs> yeah. But I think, it, again, depends on the situation. I mean, if you're going to go into a fight, I think like being level-headed you make better decisions, but also, like, if this person's, like, four times your size, I don't know how much level-headed. Yeah. (laughs) Just flick you and you fly away. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I could, I feel like I could take a beating because I used to play football. I've been on a lot of, like, concerts and so Why are you laughing? You don't believe me? (laughs) Take a beating. (laughs) I I probably could. I'm into that kinky (laughs) shit. Act two. Squilliam returns. So, uh, basically, Squidward spends the entire episode trying to convince his rival, Squilliam, that he owns this fancy five-star restaurant. So he basically gathers Patrick, Mr. Krabs, and SpongeBob and tries to put it together. And, of course, shenanigans ensue. And, in the end, uh, he doesn't really prove anything to Squilliam because... 
SpongeBob has a psychotic break, basically, and destroys the Krusty Krab. Very accurate. Yeah. My question for both of you, let's start with you, Dom, is do you think you have what it takes to pull off owning a five-star restaurant? Oh, yeah. You do? It can't be that hard. I forget your family has like a place, yeah. (laughs) You just have to clear your mind of everything but breathing and fine dining. Does that work? This is one of the lessons I learned from this episode. (laughs) So so your family actually owns a place in Tucson, though. So it's not a five-star restaurant, but it's like an actual service place, right? So for that, like how, how much effort does it take to actually put on like owning a place like that and training mm. people and yeah, keeping up with the service? There, right? Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting question. Um, just because uh, my entire experience, my parents shop, I've always had a split attention between like working there and managing there and school. And so and it's the same with all of my siblings. So like none of us have ever 150% put our time into the shop. Um, it's always been like, okay, I'm going to class, but then I'm g- going to come back and make the schedule and then I'm going to go to class and then I'm going to do inventory. And so it's like bouncing back and forth, like two different lives almost. And so to like imagine owning a five-star uh, restaurant is an interesting idea. I feel like it's totally like doable to translate, mm-hmm. but it's hard to really like completely uh, understand what it would take just because uh like the effort needed and attention needed to to make it successful yeah i feel like with fine dining though there's so many extra rules that ha- like go in like spongebob mm. had to memorize that whole book which well, one of the lessons i got was you can't put someone in a pr- high pressure situation and then expect them to perform perfectly um especially if you're training someone for like the first time because i i used to work at a restaurant too and i tell you how many times i try to train someone and even though they were really smart sometimes there's definitely people I trained that sucked really bad, but they still made mistakes, you know? And I feel like SpongeBob, for someone who read a book in 20 minutes, did a pretty good job. Pretty solid. Do you think those books usually help? Like the whatever for dummies books? Because that's what I kind of got the vibe from, from that 20 minute book, right? Yeah. I mean, I've had mixed success with it because i've definitely read like photoshop for dummies Mm -hmm. just to see if there's anything interesting that i could learn and a lot of it it was just like i already know this like sometimes it's like a little too simple but you're like in between too simple and too complex yeah so i feel like those dummies books are like for people who are like barely starting like zero knowledge of anything 100 percent zero knowledge and maybe like how like i don't think you can learn piano from a book does that make sense? Like, I think you, it's good to have, like, a teacher to teach you. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's what's the cool thing about, like, having YouTube now. And that's what most of my friends, like, when they're like, oh, I'm going to learn how to do this. It's like, they just look it up on YouTube because you basically have a teacher there who's showing you, like, visually how to do something, right? Yeah, you can also look at, like, for me, like, if I'm looking at drum stuff or anything like that, you're looking at hand placements. How are they holding the stick? How are they doing stuff like that? Which, like... With a book, it can be like, you hold the stick like this, and then you hold it like that, and you're like, cool, it looks good. But because it's only one angle, you don't know that you're actually doing it really badly. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, what I thought was really interesting was Mr. Krabs was very, very quick to turn on Squilliam and take his money, even though he wishes he was a Squilliam. Does that make sense? Do you think he wishes he was a Squilliam? Because yeah, I feel like Mr. Krabs has rich, a lot of money. Right? He has a lot of money, though, but doesn't he? Wants he? To be like, he wants to be that... That fat money, fat cash money. Yeah, like, uh, Squilliam's got that like old rich white person money. It's like millions, is what they said. 
He has a balloon casino. Yeah. <laughs> which I didn't even know was possible. Where, where did he get? So I guess that was a question I had is for Squilliam, they said that he made all that money doing what Squidward wants to do, like all his dreams and stuff. So was it the music? Was it the art? Like what part of it is it that Squilliam do? We know he has a band, but do you think he made all those millions from his band? He's probably like all of them. He's like a mogul, I bet. He probably has like a band and now he has merchandising, you know? Like he probably started off with something small, like, oh, I made a painting, sold for whatever, and slowly branched out. I don't think it necessarily matters. I think the point was to make Squidward feel like uh, he was failing in front of his peers. What do you, what do you think? think the difference is between Squidward and Squilliam then? Uh, the difference between the two mindset. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. You think that's part like, of the success? Of course. I think it comes back full circle to confidence where immediately mm-hmm. Squidward, like when he's confronting Squilliam for the first time in, since high school or whatever, He's like telling himself, oh, don't lie, don't lie. You're going to get yourself in a bigger hole. And then he immediately lies because of that like pressure and that immediate like need for validation. Yeah. So I have a question. Since you've, I mean, I've experienced this a couple times in my life, but since having moved to New York, because you're pretty recent um, to New York, um, have you gone back home and run into a situation like that? Oh, yeah. Where someone thinks you're a squilliam or maybe the other way around, you're like, oh, I'm a Squidward, you know, in New York. Sure. Sometimes I feel that way, like, oh, I'm a Squidward in New York. People think I'm a Squilliam, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm a Squidward. I don't know. Has that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Like, going home, everyone's like, oh, she's in New York City. She's probably doing Broadway. And the whole time, I'm just like, yeah, I'm totally doing theater. And then I come back here, and I know people that are doing Broadway, and I'm like, oh, I'm the Squidward. <laughs> like, I have to somehow prove to them that I'm doing good, too. Well, it's like the whole, I mean, it's a Spongebob podcast, so using the whole adage of like being a big fish in a little pond situation, I think it applies very much here, right? And yeah. I think it's kind of like a weird awakening when you do move somewhere else. Or or it's not even that. It's it's always interesting to me when I'm like talking to people that were like very successful or like cool in college and then they move somewhere big and they're only there for a little bit. Um, and then they go back home and it's like, all right, they didn't like immediately win or yeah, exactly. And it's like, I think that's part of the lesson is that you need to, you can't expect all that success to just jump at you all of a sudden. Right. It's like, I also think it's like interesting because I sometimes have the, cause Squidward says that he's like, uh, anyone can be a big shot in like Hick in a Hick town, like bikini bottom. But sometimes I feel like being in a smaller town actually lets you grow more sometimes because there are people that i know that i thought they were really skilled and i'm like i'm surprised they're not like living in la or they're not doing whatever but they are a big fish in a little pond but they're working on projects that are more emotionally fulfilling for them yeah because i mean i could say like oh like for example i'm making double the rate working like doing a, a gig here in new york but i'm filming like a conference you know and they could be like, oh, I worked, you know, a quarter of that rate, but I made a feature film, you know? So I think there's like this weird, a lot of people assume that just because it's a small town that you can't make a lot of money or you can't consider yourself successful, but you can. And that's why I think a lot of this act hits on that idea that like, you know, I know people who are a little bit insecure that they don't have like the same thing that either I have or someone else has and you can like tell or they're ashamed like they work in like a call center 
or like as a cashier or something like that or waitress server or whatever you want like go for and it's a lot of it's just like it's not really that big of a deal if you're enjoying yourself yeah if you're as long as you're happy now you guys that's like the lesson is like don't belittle other people's happiness if they're comfortable being in that smaller situation then that's fine you know that's a big thing like sometimes when i'm talking to friends who haven't moved to like new york or la or haven't done anything big like big i say in quotations yet um for a lot of them they're like oh i don't know like i'm still doing this like it'd be so cool it's like as long as you're happy and like working like that's what matters right like that's what is important and especially stuff like when i go home in to like tucson and stuff like the working for like the rogue i feel like they produce more quality work that they care about than some of the very like some of the like little off-Broadway stuff I've worked on here where I'm like, what does this matter to anyone here? Like you're just yeah. putting this on for no reason. Like, you're putting it on because you have the money. Exactly, right? So I think it's it's just like a weird, like where do you want to be in your life? Like what goals are you trying to actually live out? And, you know, for Squidward, I don't think he's actually sat down and thought about that. But he's for sure not happy at Krusty Krab. Starts no. the episode off like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, he had like <laughs> that speech. I really like this speech. Yeah. Dom, something I related to a lot uh, when... Patrick is like, may I take your hats? Or may I take your hats? Or having worked in a food service industry since you worked, it's painting uh, that you, smile on your face. Yeah. Do you feel? Did you feel that way when you watched it? Because that's how I felt. I was like, I've definitely been like, oh, would you like a, a booth or a table? Like, you know, you're it's the most excited bullshit that you don't give a fuck about. How many glasses of water can I get for you? Yeah. I don't know. I felt like. Patrick encapsulated that very nicely. He called himself a weenie. Does that make me a weenie? <laughs> it might. It's okay. You're talking about Patrick and what he was doing. I think one of the big flaws of Squidward in this episode is that he didn't really play to the strengths of the people that he had. Like, I don't understand why he made SpongeBob the waiter when SpongeBob's a good cook. Like, he's proven himself to be a good cook. And Mr. Krabs is very charismatic. Like, he probably could have been one of those waiters who like flirts and we get a <laughs> mad tip from all these people right i don't know what he would done with patrick i think he did the right thing with patrick but <laughs> do you think it was the pressure of having to like come up with something in 20 minutes i think just, it like, was the just the pressure changes i think it was just plot <laughs> <laughs> and one thing that really threw me off was that squilliam had not had any food better than like what spongebob made so you saying like him not having the correct jobs for people uh, like really hits home for me because yeah, it was all a bunch of bullshit that Spongebob was saying, but Spongebob only knows fine dining and breathing, but he definitely cooked that food and he did not cook that weird appetizer, <laughs> crazy shit that thing that came alive, the monster, the foot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it makes me think that Squilliam isn't as rich as he says he is. Cause you're telling me that, SpongeBob is that great of a cook that he's beaten every other person. So that touches on this wider thing that I wanted to talk about. So Dom, since you're new to the podcast, we have a theory that uh, there's a lot of like godlike powers that SpongeBob has, and that he yeah. exhibits throughout all of the seasons and the episodes and stuff. So I wonder, because of this like weird like break that he has and we see like when he does put he puts together a five-star restaurant he has like multiple arms he becomes like this amazing cook he's like able to do all this stuff do you think that maybe this we've talked about like where's the inciting factor for the godlike powers do you think that this point when squidward like made him go through this 
is when maybe he had like the godlike powers like were activated or whatever. It seems like for this episode and many episodes of SpongeBob like that I can remember, uh, the creators have him in this like fixed mindset where he can only do what he's told or what he's supposed to be doing. And so when that alters even the littlest bit, that's when he snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we see it when he when he drives his uh, when he's on the mobile like in boating school. And stuff. Yeah, he's like really he's a huge mess. Yeah, I think he, it's crazy how much he knows and how good he is at other things, but how quickly he snaps. And I think it's like one of those like you know like an X Men scenario where he's like really strong, but he can't control it yet. And then once he Did fully... you just call SpongeBob an X Men? Yeah, basically, <laughs> he's got godlike power. He's like um. Jean Grey or whatever, she turns into the phoenix. Like yeah. she's super strong, but like once she's awake, you know, you it's don't done. Want that that's it. And then he turns into greaser SpongeBob. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I, I guess to answer the question, I don't. Squillium is a lot of talk. I don't know if he really is as much as he said, or like as cool as he says he is. He might have all those things, but I don't think he's like as this like rich persona he puts on. He find out a lot. He with never like, showed the money. He never no. paid for his dinner. No. What a monster. Well, you see that with a lot of like people who like only go after for the like the clout and stuff. Like the real haters out there, they are the ones. Like they're the ones that's like they have to talk themselves up in order to. Yeah, rich people are make also, it out like there. the cheapest money. Yeah. They give you the lowest tips. They don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, Squidward really, really, really wanted to impress him. There, you know how they say that like you surround yourself with the people that you feel like you deserve. So it's like he prefers to be around Squilliam who treats him poorly and makes him feel bad about his life versus like the entire Krusty Krab crew who are willing to completely change their entire evening (laughs) to just make Squidward happy. And still in the end, he's not happy enough. Sad. That whole episode made me sad. (laughs) (laughs) Time for a Wumbo lesson this week. Big old Wumbo lesson. Uh. And it's always fun to do a Wumbo lesson with a guest. So I kind of want to start out with you, Dom. So what did you get for your big lesson for mm. these two parts? Be careful, because Josh likes to steal people's big lessons. Warned. Sorry, I couldn't hear that from underneath this bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in both episodes, they obviously played with the idea of validation and how everybody needs some. But the big lesson I got from both of these episodes was uh, what friends you choose to surround yourself with Mm -hmm. and why (laughs) for Squidward and for SpongeBob's case, did they have to be complete opposites of what's natural for them? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just like the the consequences with the people that you choose to be around and why why do they have to be such negative people? (laughs) Why do you think people run into that? Uh, it's probably like a peer pressure thing, like wanting to be cool, wanting to, to be tough to get into the club or wanting to, to be rich to show off. Just like how we peer pressured you to be on the podcast. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. So uh, having experienced that, how do you think people could go moving forward? Um, well, I think if you're able to, to validate yourself, right, and be able to like compliment yourself, obviously, but getting too cocky it's like a safe balance that you can strike with like trying new things like this but also knowing that like you can like be happy with your results even if your peer peers may not be where like 
in these episodes, <laughs> Squidward was still upset with his choices no matter what. And SpongeBob still had negative reactions after getting into the club that he was trying so hard to get into. And so it's like the both of them still trying to find validation in their peers, but not really finding um like being able to validate themselves. Yeah, and SpongeBob own. could have just like embraced being a weenie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean his friends were at super mega hut weenie junior, whatever. Yeah, it's I'm sure and I'm sure if he would have asked Sandy, she would have gone with him, right? Yeah. I mean like she looks like she's looked like a girl who can take a weenie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> she too sandy. She too- hey. Hey. <laughs> so what'd you get, uh, Josh? Uh, okay, so like I think it was really interesting because we run into a lot of episodes where they don't really touch on the same thought process, but these two very much I thought like went hand in hand. So um, I tried to then get something like oh, like kind of what you got, Dom, which was a great lesson. Copycat. No. Nah. More- <laughs> what I got I literally was <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um what i got was um to prioritize your own happiness because if you don't you waste too much energy and you meet too many of the wrong people and you surround yourself with the wrong, wrong people and i think so he only stole half of yours yeah to build his yeah so that's why i prefaced this with saying that like these episodes are very like straightforward <laughs> whatever um yeah, let's see what you got <laughs> Finish up what you got. Maybe That's it. Go. Go for it. No. No. <laughs> uh, hear no. More about no. It. So the happiness, like, um, yeah. So like, prioritizing your own happiness. I think like SpongeBob easily could have just continued to be like, which was confusing to begin with. Like he started out the whole episode like wanting to be like this, like fighting Sandy and stuff, but he never shows any of those karate skills or like anything that he like was happy, like any of his own like happiness to get into the. Salty Spatoon, if that makes any sense, and He right? sacrifices everything. He's, yeah, in order to, like, try to impress, I don't know, to, like, get this clout, I guess. And then he tries, to, and then he ends up surrounding himself with the wrong people, right? He goes into this club where he's not even probably going to make any friends other than Sandy, which doesn't last very long, but it's fine. And then in the second part, uh, I mean, Squidward does the same thing. He doesn't prioritize his own. And he, that's something Squidward always does. He never, like, sits down and talks about what he wants or what he needs and never tries to go for any of that i think he's so caught up in what people think of him that he then surrounds himself with people like swilliam like you said and that makes it really toxic for him and i see that with people all the time like they try to be something that they're not and in the end like then they become like the saddest people that i know right so mm, 100%. yeah 100 yeah so now i'm on, I'm on the yeah, spot you're on the spot <laughs> uh mine's identical to both of you. no i'm just kidding <laughs> Mine is um, being exclusive is bullshit because the salty spittoon has like this flair that it's like, oh, we're the toughest place to be. But I would argue that the beating that Patrick gave himself is tougher than any, <laughs> any beating that any of those people were experiencing or the mental toughness that SpongeBob had to go through to like basically keep trying. I, I can't tell you how many times I know people who try once and they fail and they never try again. Uh, SpongeBob tried multiple, 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 multiple times just to get in. And he got in. He did. He even says it himself. He's like, I can't believe I SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm going to go to Salty Spittoon. I'm tough enough to do it. So, like, that's a different type of toughness, you know? And then same thing with Squilliam. It's like, oh, I'm this rich motherfucker who... uh eats at all these fine dining establishments. I have a balloon casino and I've uh, achieved all my dreams, but he's spending his time 
trying to belittle someone from his high school who was voted most likely to suck eggs. So <laughs> he's obviously like, he's trying to be exclusive when he doesn't have to be. He's already there, yeah. you know? And the same thing, like, to tie into your um, lessons, it's like, you could have just accepted the fact that, you know, you are where you are. It doesn't have to be, not everything in your life is like, oh, I have to get into the next level of whatever it is. Like, the next job, the next career, I have to make this much money or do whatever. There's a lot of times where you can just, you know, be more inclusive instead of exclusive. So that's what I got. That's good. Yeah, I definitely think that when you exclude people, like you do end up portraying those same toxic uh, like qualities and then you start surround yourself. Because I'm, I'm sure that all those friends that Squilliam had, like because he was excluding Squidward and all these other people, the people he was surrounding himself with, none of them would try to help him in this situation, right? And if he ever needed something. Yeah, I mean, supposedly all these people are from Bikini Bottom and how they did not know that Squidward works at the Krusty Krab. Yeah. You know? Um, also, like, I feel like with I've experienced it here in New York where there's a couple times through work I've been able to go to like exclusive places. Like I once went to like this creatives club to talk, to meet with someone and I went there and I was like, all these people seem like <laughs> I don't want to be around them. And then also uh, like I've been to events where I filmed events where there are a bunch of rich people. Like I'm, I'm talking about like they're buying gifts that are $400,000, $500,000 as presents to friends and they're like oh yeah this is great like i would love to do this and i was there and i'm like this place is crowded the food's not that great um and it for something so exclusive it doesn't feel like like i think i would have more fun just sitting at home partying you know yeah it's a messed up it's a messed up world we live in but first (laughs) dom i want to thank you so much for joining us in this messed up world on our wonderful podcast. Thanks for Thank having you. me, guys. You did really well. I know we peer pressure doing it. <laughs> and you were No, this was by choice. Oh yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. You definitely weren't like pacing around the apartment beforehand <laughs> freaking hey, out. Don't, <laughs> don't Don't put it on the spot that way. No, I'm just throw it under the bus. It's fine. <laughs> well, uh I want to thank everyone for listening this week um to this podcast. Um, as always, you can contact us on ismanispodcast.com or you can email us at ismanispodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, we'll be on Spotify. Fingers hey. crossed. Uh, for a while, Spotify had a really difficult uh, difficult system to get podcasts on, but hopefully um, I did some snooping and hopefully it should be easier. Um, please share with your friends and your enemies on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or, you know, just word of mouth. Scream at people on the streets. Tell them, you need to be listening to Ismania's podcast. <laughs> um, get in their face. Yeah, Literally get scream. in their face. Go to your exclusive Salty Spittoon and tell them, I'm so tough, I listen to Ismania's <laughs> podcast. Because that's what Dom's going to do now, hopefully. Oh, yeah. She's going to be like, I was on a podcast. I'm so tough, I was on a podcast. Except I'm going to say your podcast title with Patrick's voice. Oh, do it. It's Mayonnaise Podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. So to finish the podcast, um, Dom, since you never really listened to it, slash it's been a while since you watched SpongeBob, I want to use this time to really clear your mind. Um, so you ready? Clear my mind. Got it. Clear your mind. I want you to only think about breathing and SpongeBob. Breathing and SpongeBob. It should only be things that are 
breathing and SpongeBob. Breathing and SpongeBob. 